Hello everyone, welcome to the Miscellaneous Podcast. And if you didn't know, it's spooky season and I am disappointed in all of you. Where are my stories? <laughs> okay, I disappointed in all, what, five people we have Hey, all of you includes everyone that listens, okay? <laughs> We've been asking and no one has come through. Lies. Avery sent us an email. Avery did come through. He said he will not be sending us any more emails because he was dissatisfied with our response. <laughs> Be more clever, sir. No, I'm kidding. But he's just... very clever. The problem is when he's super clever, it makes me angry, and then we have to have an hour. Call, like, I'm hour sorry, I just got derailed on the fact that you have llama socks over there, but not just any llama sock. Cusco sock. Yeah, you have a llama Cusco sock. It's it's Avery's. And I just immediately got distracted. Anyways, this is the Miscellaneous Podcast. If you can't tell, are you having a bad ADHD week too? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're just real tired. Maybe I'm just tired. <laughs> I did have a blood sugar crash today, so maybe I'm still recovering. I don't know. So, I had serotonin delivered in the mail, and it was a matching spice... Hello, kitty cat. Matching spice jars mm-hmm. um, with labels, and I was, like, refilling, like, everything into the spice jars, and he looks over me, he's like, you're still going to be tired for when Kenzie comes over, and I was like, yeah, I know, and I just <laughs> kept going with what I was doing. He's like, yeah, I know, but I'll be happier. Yes. <laughs> yes my mental outlook will be much better it's been a really bad adhd week like yeah. literally my therapist was like i hope you know in my notes for this session it will be that the word tangential will be used i went on so many tangents like oh. so many so she's what like what the heck is a tangential oh i didn't I, know avery said the same thing but like literally at one point because i smashed my thumb in the car door i she was talking and i looked at my thumb and i was like oh i should tell her about that and i like went to tell her and i was like oh she's still talking pause and she's like, I watched you just stare at it until I was done. <laughs> I'm going to say this, especially if it's not longer relevant. It will be said. Nothing was relevant. We were just, I was all over. I was all over the place. She's calling me out on all my BS. And she's like, I'm just matching the energy you brought. And I was like, I know, but I woke up like this. So <laughs> woke up like this. So <laughs> no. Anyways. So the starter topic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have starter topics. We switch off every week. This week, it's my turn. We're going to talk about How to Train a Dragon, because <laughs> if you don't know... It's your absolute I favorite movie. I am obsessed with the movies. Plural. The first one, I say, is my favorite, just because that's what, like, started everything off. And, oh, my God, the film score. Okay. That was I... the first time I went on to Spotify and was, like, movie film score. Because I don't have any other movie. I have musicals, which I don't think is a film score. No, I think because the score is like... talking about the composer. Like, if yeah. I had Hamilton with no words, <laughs> which is wrong, but... Yeah, okay, but but that's different because a, compose, a com- composition is like, this is help to set the scene. Not everyone is singing through this. Mm-hmm. So your your favorite is the first. I would have to say mine is the second. Okay, cause so let me, let me clarify. So I love all three of them, not equally. The third is probably my least favorite. But it's still up there. It's still, it's still good, though. But I love the first. And I say the first is my favorite just because everyone knows what I'm talking about. But I think the second movie is the best movie yes. out of all of them, for sure. Freaking cried. Stop being so stoic! Stoic! <laughs> <laughs> um, but the first movie is just, every time I hear Test Drive, I'm like, the nostalgia! <laughs> like, it's just like, it's that song, you just go, yes! Every time I hear it, man. It's so good. Brilliance of it all. And also, it's like, 
when you're a kid, you're like, cool, dragons are cool. And then they give you, and I, we're not even going to talk about the books because they're not even the same story, so shush. But they're a book? They were a book first. They've been oh. a book for years, and then someone made a movie. It's basically the same thing as saying, hey, we made a movie with the same title as these book series with the same elements, and that is about as much as they match. Like Howl's Moving Castle. <laughs> yeah, actually, the book is is so different from the movie. I didn't even feel the need to compare the two. Mm-hmm. Like versus in- versus Avatar: The Last Airbender, and then the thing that we don't talk about because that's not real. M Night Shyamalan, may you forever choke on that movie. Um, there is no movie. In this <laughs> There is no live action movie. <laughs> nope, doesn't exist. Make loud guy. <laughs> Anyways, so. um, but yeah, so like, like, um, How's Women Castle? They're so different enough that like, mm-hmm. there's no need to compare them. In the book, Sophie has two sisters. Um, Howl is aware of Sophie's curse, and Sophie's the one who's essentially powerful enough as a witch herself to keep the curse in place. Mm. So it's like similar stories, but they're different enough that you're like, no, they're different stories. Yeah, yeah, and I can enjoy them as separate entities. Mm. So like, I I read the first book of the How to Train Your Dragon series, and it is, his name is Hiccup. He is like the weaker one. It is all about the trying to do the dragon killing training thing. Mm. Yeah, but the movie Hiccup is a little bit more like, well, screw you, I'm gonna do it my way. Okay, <laughs> like he's a, because what I like about the first movie, it's not a find yourself movie. No. He knows exactly who he is. So he, the only thing he does, I want to kill dragons, he's just saying that because he wants to be accepted. Yeah. And then wants... when the moment comes, he's not conflicted about, oh, no, I need to kill this dragon. He just goes, oh, crap, I don't actually want to kill this dragon. Like, this isn't okay with me. So he lets the dragon go. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he doesn't have a conflict over that at all. He because... immediately goes on with his life, but he's still curious about the dragon. Yeah. And then they establish right in the beginning shot that while he may not be as strong as everyone else, he's really smart and ingenuitive. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? It, yes. Ingenuitive? He has, he has ingenuity. There you go. <laughs> he's And then he's also, hmm. he's a crafter, a tinker, a builder. He's very intellectual about how he solves problems. He doesn't go in there, if I smash it hard enough, it'll work. He goes, what can I build? to do the thing that I'm not strong enough to do. Okay, I will say I want to be able to be like, I'm gonna fix all the things, but if my washer stops working, that thing's getting a swift kick. <laughs> and then it works. Because <laughs> I just really appreciate it. Because they said, like, right off the bat, like, you can't even throw one of these. And he's like, but this will throw it for me. Because yeah. he recognizes I'm not physically strong. No, but I am mentally strong. But I am mentally strong, so I will work, I will build a thing to f- solve the problem. So then, like, when he goes back to visit Toothless later, he sees a problem. Mm-hmm. Toothless can't fly. So he's like, oh, I'll build him a tail. I'll just do that. Which is also a nice recompense, because he's the one that broke the tail. hmm But then he realizes that um, Toothless can't fly. hmm And then he goes, well, crap, I have to help him. But he's not, he's not like, oh, crap, I, ha- I ha- like, oh, I get to ride a dragon. That's not why he's on Toothless. He's on Toothless for the sole purpose of helping him fly. Yeah, flying on a dragon is just the bright byproduct of that. Yes, because what I love is his whole intention wasn't, I get to ride a dragon now. It's, oh crap, he can't fly. Let's work on a problem. The solution is me being on him, controlling the tail, working together. Mm-hmm. Which is where we get that beautiful moment, where he's got his little cheat sheet thing, 
and they're flying really clumsily because Toothless is like, let's go this way, and his tail's not moving right, so he's like, dude, <laughs> pay attention to where we're going. Yeah. So when he's so they do that quick sudden fall thing and he's like trying to look at his cheat seat and then it's like a lesson of like you need to do this instinctually mm-hmm. like a dragon yeah because you you're gonna feel his body move so you're gonna know which way to do it and you'll become so in tune and stuff mm-hmm. and then you get that beautiful score it's like everything well and I also like the song where no one goes yeah it's not Sigurosa it's Yonsi I don't know how to That's say it an, it's J-O-N-S-I but the J is pronounced like Y, Yonsi. Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, no, I really like that song. Mm-hmm. It's got that nice ethereal feel. Ethereal? Yeah. Ethereal. 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 Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the word. I remember the day that I found out that it was fuming and not funning. I think the one that got me really hard was Gage. Mm-hmm. I think that's always Gage. Gage. He go. He the direction. Gage. He he gage the distance. Yes. He gage the distance. He he goed the distance. Yeah, but I remember when I was like he goed for speed. I was like, why do they always say fun and mad? Like I don't get that. And Alex looked at me and went, "It's fuming." I was like, "What?" <gasps> so, you know. Like a f- fume, a fire, ray, you know, like fire fumes, fumes. <laughs> and I was like, huh? what? <laughs> um, I think another one that got me real, like really, like right between the eyes, it's ditch water blonde, not dish water blonde, ditch, <laughs> D I T C H. Ditch water blonde. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense because that's pretty brown. Exactly. <laughs> that's why they ditch water blonde. Mm-hmm. But because we just said it so funny for so long, it came out dish water blonde. And I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. Ditch water blonde. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, other thing about the first movie there is no cemented bad guy. No, it's. We do have the big giant dragon in the end. Which is like your quote unquote bad guy. No, he's the antagonist. Because a bad guy indicates emotions trying to hurt someone. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I really appreciate is that while Stoic and Hiccup have like a really difficult relationship, they're not like at odds with one another. You know what I mean? Like they try to talk to one another, other, but it's really kind of awkward. And they try and, like, because Hiccup's trying so hard to be like, hey, here are my opinions. Mm-hmm. But then Stoic kind of talks over him a little bit. And he's, and then you clearly hear him say, are you even listening to me? Like, can you not hear me? Yeah. Because it's just like, because he's not afraid to tell his dad, like, you're not listening to me. Yeah. He's like, not afraid of his dad. No, they're just very different people. Mm-hmm. They're very different people, and they're trying to learn how to communicate. But their ways of communication are very different. Sorry. Orion's face just looked all funny, squished up on my computer. Um, cause I, cause they're they're very very different people, but at the same time, they want to connect. They do. They want to have a relationship on mm-hmm. a deeper level than what they currently had. Which is why when so it comes back and he says we finally have something to talk about, they don't actually, cause Hick is pretending to be a dragon killer. Yeah. 
but instead he's learning all about dragons. He can't tell his dad about dragons because his dad won't want to hear it, and he knows that. Well, it's just become another barrier. It's become another barrier, yeah. So when they do finally talk, it's like it's a little bit of a life or death situation, but where he says, I'm proud to have you as my son. It's because he sees how smart, like, his... They're both incredibly stubborn. Yeah. But they're both strategically smart. His son's just going about it an entirely different way. Well, and so, because he's never run into someone else like that, he would have no way to gauge what's actually happening with Hiccup until he sees it in a life or death situation and recognizes, mm-hmm. oh, this this is actually a thing. He's not just purposefully being contrary. Mm-hmm. And and I do appreciate that. I mean, the the ending of the movie is a little bit like, oh, everything's fine now. We like dragons. But I also wonder how long was he out? Yeah. Because that he was out long enough. They got him back to the island and managed to do surgery on his leg enough to the point where he has a peg leg attached. Mm-hmm. So how long was he out for? I'm going to have to say at least eight months. Unconscious for eight oh, months. Oh, unco- I mean, out. my brain was like, out, you know, not out of action. Away. Yes. I'm talking about unawake. 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 <laughs> <laughs> You've been on TikTok too much. <laughs> they have unalived him. Because if you say killed, TikTok goes, uh-uh, I'm taking this video, it's mine now. Yeah, he can't have it back. Um, he was probably out. They probably were also dosing him. Mm-hmm. So I'd say like maybe a good two or three days. Yeah. I was saying like out of commission for at least eight months as he heals up, gets a peg leg, learns how to use a peg leg, and then is able to then machine something to be able to still continue to help pick where's the end of the movie he's immediately in there but i don't know we could say they're just jumping for better story purposes but i mean i also really just appreciate him and astrid's friendship yeah because she is she's not like because everyone goes oh she was a bully like no she's mad at him because she's he's not taking this seriously like if he tries to go out with them and he's not taking this, this seriously he's gonna get someone killed yeah and that's a justifiable anger like lee yeah in the in the battle of shit, we should the battle of something. What? Hamilton, Lee, do you yield? Yes, he yields. Battle of Monmouth. Thank you. I was like, it starts with an M. I was like, Lee. My brain went back to Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> Different Lee. Um, well, yeah, but because that Lee confused. was like scared and confused, and it was like retreat and watched. It was like, what are you doing? And a bunch of people died. Mm-hmm. Because she's thinking, a lot of people are going to die if you're over here not taking this seriously and running around because we're going to try and save your life and in the process get ourselves injured. Yeah. So she's killed. not being mean to him because she's a bully. She's just mad at him because she's like, this is like a serious thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and like she even does say that, is this some kind of joke to you? Because it is very real for her. Yeah, because that's her reality. Mm-hmm. And that's... She recognizes the dangers mm-hmm. inherent to the situation that she feels are being not recognized by someone who's gonna get someone killed. Yeah. Especially the chief's son. She's like, you're literally next in line to be chief. What is wrong with you? Yeah. And so, and then by the time she meets Toothless, she is very much like, this is ridiculous. I'm so angry right now. Because she's also scared, so her first reaction is to be mad because she doesn't want to be scared. Yep. 
And then when they're flying around, she's like, holy crap, this is so cool. And is immediately on his side because she realizes he's not, Toothless isn't dangerous. He's like basically a very prickly dog. <laughs> yeah. Mixed with a cat and horse. Okay, I will say, I am really sad that any time we make a new animal or we interact with an animal in a movie, it's always like a dog. No. I no. was I was let literally me telling boyfriend. Have a lizard. Like let let him be a lizard. I was literally telling my boyfriend the other day, when are they gonna make the animal actually a dog? What do you mean actually a dog? Because entangled the horse acts like a dog. Yes. Like when are we going to have an actual Disney animal be a dog? It's not allowed. Like, come on, if you're gonna animate everything like a dog, give me a dog. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I want horses have so many interesting behaviors. You could have had a horse behavior against Flynn and I would have been just as interested. You could have literally done most of his expressions with the ears. Which you do in that movie a lot. Yeah. But he but didn't... also what I appreciate about Toothless though is that he's not just a dog. He's mostly cat and horse. Whereas but, the two animals But as a dragon he would be closer to a lizard. How do we know? We don't have dragons. We did. A long time ago, hence the fact that almost every, like, myth from every culture has a dragon. I just want a dragon. Uh, that's the other thing that these babies did, was just make everyone go, I want a dragon. So I saw a video that someone was like, if you could have any animal, real or fictional, and then it cuts to another person, a dragon. I don't even finish your video. Who who's not gonna say a dragon? They we we want a dragon. <laughs> we need a dragon. Hello. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He said real or fictional. As soon as my brain heard fictional, I was like, dragon. I want a dragon. I want a dragon, man. But also, okay. So first movie, and then we're gonna go on. Second movie is a better movie because of the storyline, because of the questions it brings up, and because of the growth that is inspired. Because mm-hmm. in the first movie, he doesn't actually do a lot of character growth. No, there's more world growth. There's more world growth. There's more growth in Stoic and those around him rather than Hiccup himself. Yeah, because Hiccup already knew who he was, so Mm -hmm. it's not a movie of self-discovery. Yeah, it's not a movie of self-discovery. It's literally a movie of cultural change. Yeah. That's what it is. And then the second movie, we can see how much the culture has changed to the point that, like, they've literally... You can see how the entire like island has changed they have little mm-hmm. dragon perks that literally if you look at the movie have little claw marks in them details that don't have to be there but are thank you animators i love dreamworks <laughs> dreamworks is so good because they're from the studio we that know. made atlantis and lilo and stitch and treasure planet and brother bear and brother bear like the really that weird and lilo and stitch oh, i said that. that one so like that the weird moment where Disney was coming out with like really good original stories, that was the Florida studio. They laid them off and in Petty Revenge, one guy went off and made DreamWorks. He was fired way earlier. He made DreamWorks and was like, Hey, I'm gonna hire these people. So DreamWorks has all these really amazing movies. Um DreamWorks. We have Legend of the Guardians in our van right now. Jack Ross? Uh huh. I really like that movie. Like that's one that I'm like, hmm. I listen to it. I listen to it every day. It's so interesting. I just want to sit down and watch it again. <laughs> but I can't. It's my car. I had a thought and I swear I was going somewhere with that. Where did it go? Anyway, second movie. Um, 
I also I just appreciate that John Powell didn't reuse the score from the first one. He wrote an entirely new one that uses similar themes, but it's an entirely new score. Booped. I booped this note. <laughs> it's a, and I just I really really appreciate that it's an entirely new score. Well, it's it's a new challenge. Mm-hmm. But I also appreciate because so in the first movie, like literally their entire island was built in fire prevention and dragon takedown mm-hmm. second movie the whole island is catered toward dragons and what they do for fun now is dragon racing point things yeah a racing game because they don't have to fight dragons anymore now well, they're using them for fun <laughs> because they don't have anything else to do <laughs> yeah and what i appreciate though is that it's like having in the middle of the race and still goes and, and he's like and my son is nowhere to be found and it's because he's working on a new thing with toothless so they're so like literally they're and that shot where they race across the water yeah is so pretty because <laughs> he's moving fast enough the water is like moving yeah and it's just <laughs> and the sky and the whole thing but what I really really appreciate about the second movie is how much they allowed him to age I was so happy with that I was so happy with that I was like oh I know oh and then you can see and they don't give us I mean. Race, um, Race to the Edge animated series on Netflix is like the in-between stuff. Okay. Which I pre- it's not, obviously it's not as good animation, but I appreciate it. It's a good story. It like helps you get more grounded in like the characters as people and like how they interact with one another and stuff like that. Yeah. But I, what I really like about the second movie is that it cuts to Astrid and Hiccup and you can see how comfortable they are with each other. Yeah, like, you didn't have to go through their awkward falling in love stage and, like... I mean, they're just, they're so confident and comfortable in their relationship. Like, Asher can sit down and just tell him things or, like, give him advice on stuff. And I really like that she's just, like, absently braiding his hair. Yeah. And then, um, I really just... And then you can see how comfortable the dragons are, too. They're literally playing in the background because they've... They went, humans are safe now. Mm Mm-hmm. To the point where, like, Stor- what I like about Stormflight is that she doesn't act like a dog, but she no. does dog things. So, for instance, she knows how to fetch. Yeah. But she doesn't do it in the dog way. She does it in the dragon way. She does it like, sure, I'll go get this. For-. She's like, I need the ball, 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 mm-hmm. ball. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, I think Toothless is the only one they make dog, like, quote-unquote dog-like. But he's also the other main character. Mm-hmm. So, because... Of America's fascination with dogs and only dogs. Because dogs are too good for this world. <sighs> I love dogs. They're so cute. I want an Irish wolfhound so bad. You want a what? An Irish wolfhound. Oh, okay. You know, the biggest dog on the planet. <laughs> Did yeah, every time I see someone, like, taking a video of them, they're just, like, so lazy. And I was like... But they are a sheepdog. They are a working dog. Yeah. I've decided I only want a working dog if I can put them to work. At least half days. I think I'd be okay with an Aussie. Because there's so, a lot you can do with an Aussie that would make them happy. That's Like, a Border Collie needs to have a job. Yeah. Yeah. Or a Bernese Mountain. I think I'd have a lot of fun with a Bernese Mountain dog, too. Because they're also, they're really good family dogs, but they're also good working dogs. I, I saw a thought come across my, my TikTok today. Yesterday? Recently? recently could be any time between now and eight years ago it's fine um recently it's like are you kidding it, it was a, a video of a wolf first and it was like <laughs> you think man domesticated wolves 
You know any man that would go up to a growling wolf? No, I know every single lady I know would be like, oh, a puppy! <laughs> Have you seen the video of, like, the snarling Tibetan mastiff? Yes! <laughs> and, and, and then, then somebody stitched it. It was like, you know, I don't know, there's some white... He's like, where's the white woman going, oh, puppy! And it's usually, like, a blind react that some white woman's doing, and they immediately like, oh my god, it's me! <laughs> I'm the person who goes, oh the my god, The one that gets me, as I've seen, I've seen a guy, I don't know if this is his ethnicity, but he was like, if you need someone to walk with you in a bad neighborhood, you tell a white woman there's being a dog being abused. She's got no problems. I've noticed that in a lot. Of, I've noticed that in a lot of rescue videos. Yeah, it's like maybe in a sketch part of town. There's a dog. Mm-mm. Hey, they ain't taking no prisoners. That dog is coming with them. I mean, I hate to say it, but I might be that lady sometimes. <laughs> I don't mind being that lady. There's a dog who need me. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Also, the other thing about movie two. I mean, it's been out for a long time, so spoilers galore if you haven't watched it, you weirdos. Um, so, because what I love is he meets his mom, but what I also like is that when he meets his mom, you can tell that flying is so normal for him at this stage. Mm-hmm. It's literally, like, the most stunning shot. It's beautiful. But he's just, like, frustrated right now. And flying is his, like, escape thing that he does. Yeah. Careful, cat. Those are claws that are poaching my toe. Yep. <laughs> yes. You may look offended. <laughs> he did a thoughtful... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It did it. It wasn't painful, but it gave me tingles in my foot. And I was like, hmm, careful, cat. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Not that. Not that. <laughs> But it's so normal for him that when she appears, she looks like she's floating on a cloud. And he's like, what the hell? I don't know who you are. <laughs> Why? Her dragon's also really cool. I like him. He reminds me of an owl. Mm-hmm. That's what he's modeled off of. But I also, like, he's a dragon, but he doesn't have any front legs. Just like Stormfly. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think but I But he's got four that. wings. I think that's what made it so that I didn't recognize that fact. Mm-hmm. He's really, really cool. Or her. I don't remember. Either way, the dragon dragon. is cool. (laughs) But what I've also noticed is that Valka's mom, so when, so his immediate concern is they've taken me off my dragon, he can't fly without me, and I didn't set his tail to fly, so he's, he's going to drown. Yeah. Because he can't get out, and he's like distraught. And then the freaky stingray looking water dragons come out, and you're like, ha, they've taken him. But he's fine. But what I appreciate is that when he's thrown into all the dragons, you can tell he's not scared of them anymore. He immediately goes in to enchant the dragons. I will flick you again, cat. <laughs> Don't be playing with me. <laughs> I just tried to write drain instead of train. <laughs> How to drain your dragon! <laughs> <laughs> but I, by trying to do a stunt repeatedly, like the look on his face when they do this nut again and fail and he's like oh my gosh where is he and he's like yeah and he's like oh he's like i could kill you <laughs> but so you can immediately see how comfortable he is with dragons now yeah because he immediately goes to let's make friends instead of defense mode but then so like you can see he's like good at it now like he's had time it's been like it looks like he's had at least years yeah he's been years. years so like say he's like stereotypical like 15 in the first movie he's probably like 20 in the second one 
At least. At least. So it's been like at least five years since we've yeah. seen him. So he's learned a thing or two since then. I mean, I hope. But you can see the difference between him and Valka. She's had like 20 plus years of experience. Oh, yeah. Like there's, because, there's no replacing that. Because Hiccup was like maybe one years old and she's been doing it since then. Yeah. And well, from and the, the way and the way back, she like and the he way she was like six months old. Yeah, and the way that she moves and stuff is more animalistic than it is human because she spent all this time around dragons only. Yeah, very few hum- human interactions. Yeah, but mm-hmm. the, but her interactions with Stoic. Ah, <sighs> you just see how much they love each other, and especially like when it, when Drago comes. Stoic immediately turns to to her and says, "What do you want to do?" Yeah, he doesn't go. I am chief. I know this. He goes, "This is your home. You know what to do. Like, what do you want to do?" Yeah, because that's what good leaders do. <laughs> they go, "I'm out of my depth. You're the expert here. What do you do?" Good leaders recognize the strengths within their system and use them. <laughs> I know, and I just ah, I don't know why this spir- my brain spiraled me to this. My mom has started listening to our podcast. And so she was like, what was that book you were talking about in episode three? And I was like, I have no idea. Episode and she's like, book. the one where the bo- the guy throws his boss out the window. And I was like, oh, oh, she's like. You mean my favorite book? <laughs> yeah, my like, favorite book ever? Like, it's Monsters Hunters International. And she's like, okay, do you have it? And I was like, yeah, do you want to borrow it? Yes, please. All right, cool. Because <laughs> it's a phenomenal book. And I, I brought it to her it's and she read the first page. And I was like, hey, I think form. dad might like it too. It's literally the book form of a shoot 'em up movie. And it's so fantastic. It's so good, man. It's so good. And in the writers' conference we went to, he even said, like, you know, I was just like thinking something ridiculous. Like, they're gri-. he's like, all right, so they're driving down a canyon at high speeds. How to make this worse? Gargoyles went after him. There we go. <laughs> like, he's like, you, you just think, this is what they're doing. How do I make it worse? And you throw that in there. Yeah. And he just, he looks, oh, kitty discipline. Yep, kitty discipline. Sorry. Um, he just... Larry Korea looks like a guy who writes these books. Well, he he has said, Owen is me. I yeah. am Owen. I am the gun nut who was an accountant and is now a creative writing teacher. It's just so funny. But he was the gun nut accountant, so he's like, Owen is me. <laughs> oh, Anyways, man. um, I just appreciate... Also... Like the so in the first movie, the best song in the whole movie is Test Drive. Yeah. In the second movie, my favorite song is Stoic Ship. Because they have that trumpet solo in there, and every time I hear, I know it's not Taps, but it reminds me of Taps. But it gives every you the time. feel of Taps. Yes. That lone, that lone mm-hmm. trumpet. Bum, bum, bum. It's literally the same theme, but it's the trumpet that changes the whole tone. It's the trumpet and the tempo mm-hmm. that reminds you of Tabs. Ah, uh, it's so good. But that, and I mean, it's so sad. Because Stoic freaking dies, and Tulis is the one that kills him okay, but under like, duress. But the fact but still, that Stoic, with all those years under his belts of hating dragons, knew that if Toothless, this dragon, killed Hiccup, he would never recover. Mm-hmm. And also, he was like, that's my kid. I gotta save my kid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, and everyone's like, oh, don't throw Toothless away and everything. And Toothless, you can tell immediately, is like, what the hell did I just do? Because he loved Stoic. Yeah. Like, he loved him. And then he just killed him because an alpha made him do it. 
But that, like, it wasn't his fault. And, like, Hiccup knows that. But, in but that his reaction is grief. so realistic. His yeah. a- his reaction is very true and honest because Hiccup, like, Toothless is the one that killed his father. So, of course, he's going to lash out immediately and say to get away from him. Well, like, your brain's trying to process. Like, mm-hmm. it's... It, if I got into a car accident and my dad was killed right in front of me I would probably be immediately yelling at the person who hit us mm-hmm. like I, it's just your brain I mean, needs the, to blame the, someone the emotion that hits you and I do like it is so sad cause the way that Toothless body is moving is that he feels awful and he's sad and he needs comfort but also his best friend just told him to leave and he doesn't like and what I do appreciate is that, like, everyone is like, oh, don't tell him to go, but also, like, they just lost their chief as well. Yeah. So while they're, like, nobody tries to stop Toothless from leaving because they're all just rocking from the grief. Yeah, and that's the, that's the hard thing is they all have to deal with their own grief and get to a point where they can breathe again so that they can help other people mm-hmm. with And their grief. they just lost their chief. Everyone has lost their dragon. Their their best friend, their buddy, is leaving, and they can't do anything to stop it, and they've also just lost their leader, who was, like, a father figure to a lot of them, so it was just, like, this unbelievable... And Valka just reunited with her husband. Like, after 20 years, finally sees her husband, knows that he still loves her regardless. The first thing he says to her is, you're as beautiful as the day I lost you. You're as beautiful today i lost you that's when i started crying i was I remember, like because we went to i it was my second time seeing it in theater and i said oh you guys are gonna cry they thought i was talking about that part and then stoic died and i was like no i was sobbing when stoic died i i think i was in shock when he died because i know i cried when it was beautiful today i lost you came through my ears and i was just oh yeah, I think I was in shock when Sto- mm-hmm. when Stoic died. Well, and then and then Hiccup's face when he sees his parents dancing and laughing together, something he like, something he knew he would never have, and suddenly it's in front of him. Yeah, well, it's something that like he knows. Had he had that as a kid, his life would have been different. Mm-hmm. Especially because he's so much like Valka. Yeah, he is her, and I think that's probably why it was hard for Stoic because he's like, you're exactly like your mom, mm-hmm. but you're also not your mom. And just, ah, oh, that song. And then, of course, we get, like, super toothless. He's all blue glowy. But he becomes real alpha because he doesn't loot, rule through fear. People, like, the other yeah. dragons already respect him. So they're mm-hmm. like, all right, you're the alpha sweet. Like, cool anger behind that. Mm-hmm. And then, I just, ah, oh, those movies. And then the third movie, still really good. But you can see that um, the conflict in the whole movie is like, yes, we do have a bad guy. But the conflict is letting the dragons go. Is letting Toothless go. That's the conflict. Which is, it's a good conflict. Mm-hmm. It's just not as... But it's not the conflict in Hiccup's refusal. He He's literally, in the movie, taking steps to give Toothless more freedom. Mm-hmm. He builds him a tale in which he doesn't need anyone. Yeah. So he can go off with Lyrie, as taken from... Um, Cinema wins. It was like he's like I can't just keep calling her the Light Fury. So I'm just gonna call her Lyrie. <laughs> so, Lyrie the Light Fury. Um, he goes off with her because he's like I can see that she makes you happy. 
you're really curious like you're basically falling in love with their dragon so i'm gonna give you the ability to go off and do that yeah and not depend on me and he's already taking the steps to do that so when it does and then he can see that when they go to the hidden world and the other dragons attack and toothless has to get him out of there Mm -hmm. he can see how upset toothless is because he had to save him but he's upset because he also had to leave yeah, because that's where he, he wanted to be there. Because mm-hmm. he can see, like, of course he came and saved me. He's my best friend. Of course he saved me. But he's still sad because he had to leave her behind. Yeah. So then immediately you can see Tufa's face of, like, he can't stay here. No, not anymore. He, mm-hmm. has, Cause he it's, has a greater calling. Because that's a better story, is to, is to do this gradual realization of that we can't have dragons anymore. It's safer for them to not be with us. Because we could see Burke is overrun. Like, they cannot handle how many dragons they have. Yeah. And then when they move to a new island, cool, because they have to get away and everything, but he's still like, they will never be safe as long as there are people who want to hunt them. They have to leave us. Which is just so hard. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, <sighs> I, they could have gone and been like, Hiccup's refusal to be like, no, he can never leave. But that's not who Hiccup is. They've established who Hiccup mm-hmm. is. Hiccup is kind. Who Hiccup is within like the first yeah. thirty minutes of the first movie. Hiccup is kind and caring and wants to take care of other people. And how the best to take care of the dragons is to send them to the hidden world. That's how the best. That's how to take care of them in the best way. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's gonna do, even if it's heartbreaking for him. Because he even when he says goodbye to Toothless, he literally does the reverse of the first hello. I don't think I caught that. Where he puts his hand on his nose. And slowly backs away. That's how he says goodbye to Toothless. And he's even looking away from him when he does it. It's literally the reverse of their first hello. Oh, that hurts. I know. And I'm so glad they didn't end the movie there. And they ended it with, there were dragons when I was a boy. Because he's telling his kids this story. Okay. I just gotta say, I'm so annoyed that... When people make kids of the characters that you've watched for so long, they're just like, it's a toothless face with an Astrid hair color. No. No. Because if you look at my children, you're like, oh, how interesting. This one has Avery's eyes, but Taylor's forehead. Or, like, both my kids have my smile. Like, that big cheesy well, that's grin. that's what I appreciate about their kids, though. Like, they didn't look like a carbon... They weren't carbon copy, but, like, they were... You could tell which one which one looked like more like which parent, but yeah. you could definitely see a blend. Like obviously the little girl who looks like Astrid, yeah, like with Hiccup's hair coloring, was behaving so much like Hiccup, like her mannerisms and the way she like when she sees like when Toothless puts her hand, the way she lights up like that's a Hiccup smile. <laughs> like she was excited, <laughs> and you can see that his son's more reserved, so he's behaving a lot more like Astrid. Hmm. You... it's not specifically this movie but that's something that irritates me mm-hmm. in all movies yeah but the only the only problem I have with the third movie the only problem is the coloring are, is the coloring of the stupid dragon kids that does that's not how it works no you can't just decide to make an entirely new species because if you because it doesn't make sense that a light fairy and a night fairy would never have been together no Okay, but my brain is still like. Because if you're going like, to say, "Hey, are... they can they can have children together," then where are the other multicolored dragons that look like them? 
So, but my, my, my thing is, are night furies and light furies technically different species or just are the males No, they're different species. Okay. So, Mm. you didn't remember that. Yeah, because they have different abilities. But being male and female, they can have separate abilities because one could follow the um, Mm. X chromosome and one could follow the Y chromosome. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, like, even when you go to the hidden world, there's a lot of light furies. There's no night furies. Okay. See, I didn't remember Mm. that. Because they hunted specific... That one guy hunted specifically night furies. Because if they were the same species, just male and female, he would have hunted the light furies as well, but he didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, but still, still, excuse me, you would not have black and white babies like that. I just commit, you cowards! Because it would have been like, here's how you get more light and dark furies, not... Because even if it was like that, it would have been like, they can't have kids. Because if you're going to make them two separate species like that, they shouldn't be able to breed at all. (sighs) Okay, sorry, I'm just, just... That's the only issue with the third... That's the only issue I have with the third movie. That's it. Everything else is beautiful. Like, when they find the hidden world the first time, mm-hmm. that water is straight up real, okay? It's so gorgeous. Like, I just... You want to talk about real water? Frozen 2. Frozen 2 is stunning. I really liked Frozen 2. So, like, the first movie, I was like, yeah, that's kind of fun. And then the culture, like, freaked out, and I was like, okay, stop. But I really liked the second movie. I, I appreciated it. And I I didn't appreciate it quite as much until someone... I heard I heard a thought from someone that when Elsa's like, I need to do what's best for Arendelle, and then it cuts to Anna being queen, someone was like, yeah, Anna being queen was what was best for Arendelle because two, three generations down the line, if Elsa was still queen, no one would remember her story. No one would remember how she became to be queen and came, overcame her powers. They would just know that this tyrant has been along longer than my grandparents have been alive. Because mm-hmm. she's she's the fifth spirit. Yeah. They basically find out that she ain't entirely human. What I do appreciate... So the first movie is very much kids-centered movie with a couple of adult themes, but it's very kids-centered. The second movie has much more adult themes. But if you look at the demographic that Frozen was based for the second movie aged up with them that is a good point it was quite a while before the second movie came out Mm -hmm. because i remember um oldest sister was saying that she didn't like the second movie because she went with her kids and i Mm. said watch it by yourself yeah and then when she watched it by herself she went oh yeah i do really like it i just it was too grown up for my kids that's why i didn't like it yeah because isn't your oldest nephew like six he's seven seven yeah that's too old for him yeah so it's a little old for him like there was good things in there but there were like a lot of the humor a lot of the adult or themes a seven-year-old's not gonna really connect with mm-hmm. which is why i told her to watch it by herself when she's being in adult mode and then she could really appreciate it. like especially like when Elsa like dies for a minute mm-hmm. and Olaf disappears. Ugh. I love how they leave Anna Anna alone in darkness, like absolutely crushed. The next best thing. Ugh. Well, I love when she goes, take a step, step again. Mm-hmm. Like she's literally seeing herself like through the stages of grief almost. Not like get over it, but like you have to keep moving. Just keep swinging just keep swimming because mm-hmm, she's like you have to keep moving she's like i can't stay here also i'm a little upset that Kristoff was kind of reduced like a comedic character but i do he's like the perfect man because in he what way do you feel like he was comedic because i feel well, like he was he like, had, genuine in his stress he was genuine in stress but like he wasn't as like in the first movie 
how much more crucial he is. He feels a little bit more like a side character. Because his whole entire arc is whether or not he's going to propose to Anna in the right way. And that's it. Until we get to the end and he gets a little bit more action hero-y. But, like, that's li- like his whole thing is that. And I was, like, a little miffed about it. But, like, where where would you have had him step up and take a little more responsibility? Because he's, it's not... Well, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, the story didn't call for him. Yeah. So I feel like I know why he's there. Because he is, like, part of their group thing. But he did get the best 80s metal ballad ever, though. I was watching... There was a, a documentary on Netflix about, like, the making of Frozen 2. Mm-hmm. And the song... The people who did the songs were like, we were so sad that Kristoff's movie... Or Kristoff's song from the first movie got cut. So, we gave him an epic power ballad from the, the second 80s. movie. Yeah. That's great. I didn't know he was song. Ah. Yeah. That would have been a great song. Yep. It was with the trolls. Mm-hmm. But what I do like about him is that he's really good at shelving his wants and needs for something more important like not saying that his wants and needs aren't important it's just in that moment they're not what needs to be addressed right now so he's able to go okay this can be addressed later puts it on a shelf deals with the current moment so like when anna's about to get crushed by the giant stone troll thing yeah he swoops in and saves her and then says i'm here what do you need yeah and it's like the best thing ever. He doesn't say, "Let's do these things." He just says, "What well, do you? Where need? did you go? You left me alone." Yeah, like, like he, she, he literally, she literally like, "Where's Elsa?" And then disappeared. And then he had his epic power ballad. And then we don't see him again until he saves her. Yeah. And he doesn't say, "You left me alone." Where have you been? I have emotional needs. He goes, "Okay, obviously something's happening right now." My need to say, will you marry me, is not as important as making sure what you need to have happen right now happens. Keeping us alive is more important yeah. than my... She's like, what do you need? And she says, get me to that bridge. And he says, all right, I'm on it. And that's it. Like, he just, he's really good. Um, Cinema Therapy talks about this very well. And I was like, yes, go, Krista. My wants and needs are emotionally self-stable. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just appreciate that so much. Are but I also... self-stable? Because, um, what is the song she sings in the second one? Um, that one, yeah. Um, because that song is so much better than Let It Go. I don't remember what it's called. I'll find my phone eventually. But that song is so much better than Let It Go. Um... I also like the one closer to the end a lot. You are the one you've been waiting for? Yeah. You are the one you've been waiting for. And I like that it's her mom telling her that. Yes. Yeah. It's her mom saying, it's been you all along. Into the unknown. Oh my goodness, that I just kept singing in my head. I would have found it. (laughs) (laughs) Into the unknown. for a memory. That's a good. Uh, that's a good song. Yeah, like it's a good song. I mean, "Let It Go" is a good song. I think I just. I think it got, got overplayed. Yeah, but the, like it's not it. a bad song. It's a good song, but "Into the Unknown" is just better in my for my musical taste. Taste "Into the Unknown" is a way better song. It's more dynamic. More dynamic. It feels less Disney, <laughs> and a little bit more mainstream. Mm. And it, I think it caters a little bit, a little bit better to Indela Minda. You can do it. No, no, I can't. I have a trash can for memory. 
in Dina Menzel's voice. There you go. Goodness. <laughs> um, and her range. Mm-hmm. That one allows her to belt in a way that's not. It's just a bit. Ah, it's just a better song overall. Everything about it's just a better song. Yeah. Can you go? Let it go. Let it go. But again, but again, demographics. Mm-hmm. That's "Let It Go" is a song littler kids can sing, mm-hmm. and they understand what it's trying to say. Yep, but you get a little older, you get into the unknown. Mm-hmm. You're hitting teenager years. Yeah, you're literally headed into the unknown. I've had my adventure. I don't need something new. Mm-hmm. Into the unknown. If I follow you into the unknown, into the unknown. Ah, I like that song. It's a good song. But I don't, I just, and also it was really funny. <laughs> like the part where he, where Olaf's recounting their entire first movie. <laughs> but at least they have their parents, right? Their parents They're are dead. dead. <laughs> Me and Alex were like cry laughing. And especially the the general, what's his name? Uh, Second portrait from the left. Library, library. front corridor. Second portrait from the left. Um. Anyways, but his reactions. What? Surprise! I'm the bad guy. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I also really love because it gives you such a character into his perspective when he talks about his wife. Yeah. And um, Anna says, "Oh yeah, she never fell in love with anyone else." And he goes, "Oh wow." I thought that, he's like, why didn't that make me feel better? And it's because he wanted her to be happy. Knowing that she never was with anyone else after he's been gone for so long made him so sad. Because he, he cared about her happiness more than he cared about the fact that she's waiting for him. See, but, like, she couldn't have known that he was still alive. Mm-hmm. So she just was, that was her choice. Like, she's like, this is, mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to choose to live my life. Although I will say, they were the only black people... That is true. Of course, where the where it's set, though. No, where it's set, I will accept that. It is geographically more understandable. But I do appreciate that the, the tribe within the Vale were, like, actually um, the... Based off the Sami people. Mm-hmm. Which were our indigenous people. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Sami, um, there's that movie called Klaus... I will say, Klaus is probably a new favorite Christmas movie for me. I was going to say, it might be... Because um, Christmas Story has always been my favorite Christmas movie. Klaus is, like, w- making it be a hard time, man. The first time I saw that movie, I was like, this is... I love the art style of this movie. It's really cute story. And then that Sami girl cult pulled up, and I was like, she's, like, the purest sunshine on the planet! Look at her! I was like, I could not get over how cute she was. Well, okay, so my favorite Christmas movie is Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> and then probably Klaus because like Christmas I just I don't enjoy Christmas I, I don't hmm. and if we're talking like religiously I'd prefer Easter over Christmas hmm. I enjoy Christmas just because family time yeah that's typically why I don't <laughs> yeah we're very well, different I families do, I do love my family and I love the family time now as an adult but as a kid we had like lots of cousin time and I didn't I, I have a much weird. smaller family than she does, but we the, were yes. also a much more um, functional family. Hey, <laughs> everyone's got their crazy grandpas. 
I knew my crazy grandpa until I was about seven, and now I only have a grandma. My crazy grandpa, well, is still alive. But, like, just family dynamics are always interesting, and there were so many of us. Our our mothers, I think, are very indicative of who we are as people. Yeah. You know, Cause, this is cause, a bad thing, but we're just No, I'm just saying, like, because that kind of... Because you're a lot more... I mean, because your mother is so much more... Like, my mom... Like, you think of my mom, and then think of me. Yeah. And then if I think of mom, I'm thinking, you know, I think, yeah, that makes sense. Like, because your behaviors and your similarities and stuff. <laughs> Speaking of my mom, she looked at me the other day. She's like, I figured out why 2.0 doesn't like me. And I was like, okay. She's like, it's because I look like you and I sound like you, but I'm not you. And I was like, yeah, I've told you that for years. She's like, I Basically, know. I confuse your youngest child. and He's not sure how to handle it. Because he goes, because yeah. he can recognize that's not mom, but also it is mom. Yeah. Yeah. My mom and I look a lot alike. So, I saw a TikTok from an indigenous person okay. who said that the creepy creatures that start with an S and then the creepy tre- creatures that start with a W, and you're not actually supposed to say those words. Yeah. They're not sayable. They are uh, danger words. And I was like, I'm freaked out. <laughs> I was like, I'm freaked out because both of those are so creepy. And they're both Don't so... like either of those facts. Why did I think... And I... I guess it's just because I like history and I like to know things, but I forgot that white people mostly get them so intertwined that they're basically the same thing. They are not the same thing. I've never thought that they were the same thing. No, and I think that's mostly because Supernatural made it very clear what the W one is. Yeah. Which is, and also that game, The Last of Us, was very clear on what it was. Because, literally, I'm so hungry, I'm going to eat the corpse, and then the spirit of it comes on you and basically curses you forever. Basically. You get immortality, but forever you're a horrible monster that's super hungry always. You know what I learned recently? Mm. The Donner Party didn't have to become cannibals. Yeah, I know. The Indians tried to help them so much. I knew this, by the way. I didn't. I did not know this. Like, literally, the Indians were like, hey, you people are starving. Here's, like, a deer. Like, several times as well. And then the incredibly super racist, they're savage colonizers, were like, no, get away from us and shotguns. You had guns! Why didn't you go hunting for a deer, you idiot? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We didn't have to have cannibals. And then, also, because when they finally ran into that specific tribe again, all the tribe members ran away because they'd been shot at all winter. But also they ran away because how the Native Americans treat death... Mm-hmm. with such respect and they saw them eating one another after they were dead they're like there is something wrong with them because they didn't want our food they mm-hmm. wanted to eat the corpse of their people so obviously they're possessed by an evil spirit run away which makes, makes sense. total sense yeah i'm just really mad that i've never i am almost 30 and i now know that the donner party didn't have to become cannibals i knew i've known that for a while why did i know that Tumblr probably. Tumblr probably <laughs> learned me that. <laughs> Tumblr learned me real good. Tumblr learns me a lot about history. And what I like, because people are like, Tumblr's not a credible source. I'm like, here's how I know it's credible. After they say their thing, they list like five or six sources of where they got that information. It's citations. usually like some sort of scholarly place. Citations needed. Tumblr tends to provide citations. Because mm-hmm. Tumblr may be a crap show of a website, but it is not fooling around. <laughs> No. Seriously, why do people keep trying to make money off that site? (laughs) Because capitalism. Well, and I think it's hilarious because there was this post I read where this girl is like, 
She has around five or six thousand followers on Tumblr, which is pretty massive. That's actually really big. That's a really successful blog. And then she has a friend who's an Instagram influencer who actually is like one or two million followers, like actually is pretty decent. Yeah. Notice the difference. You can have a thousand on Tumblr and be really successful and you need at least three million on Instagram to be notable. <laughs> to be worth an advertiser's time, you need over a million. Are there advertisers on Tumblr? Are people still trying to do that? I have ads on Tumblr. I don't look at them. And half the time you look at it and I don't realize it's not a legit ad because it's weird. Hmm. And I think it's a Tumblr thing before I notice it's an ad. I think when I'm on there, I'm scrolling and it's just like the background. And I'm just like, oh, that's a weird break in posts. And I just keep going. There's literally Tumblr posts about the ads on Tumblr because some of them are so weird. (laughs) It's literally, literally, Tumblr is the place where people trial out their ad services. Really? Yes. Weird. To see how messed up they are. Because Tumblr will not hold back. They will rip you apart if you are a company. Yeah. Companies are not welcome on Tumblr and they've proved it time and time again. Basically, yeah. No, this is this is our corner of the internet. Politely F off. Yeah. Ooh. I need a book for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I would like a book about American history from a non-white perspective so that I can read it at Thanksgiving and hopefully start an argument. There's a reason we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> I just like your super European white family. You're just it's gonna not, go. No, it's not even my family. It's gonna be with my in-laws. Ooh. And everybody's just gonna sit there passively and be like, "You heard what she said?" <laughs> no, no, I will just sit there reading the book, and it has to be a hardcover. It has to be a, a paper book because you know I want people to be able to read the title, and then just be able to see what they say. Let's do a quick Google search here, <laughs> shall we? Let's see. Thanks. Giving. Oh, it doesn't have to be about Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Just just about American history. But I'm going to be reading it at Thanksgiving. American history. Author. I should say Native American, huh? Probably. Because it'll take me to India, the country. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they're two different things. Yeah. When I was younger, I used to say um, Indian with a feather, not a dot. <laughs> and then people would go, oh. I just, <laughs> no, I just say Native. Native American or Indigenous. Let's see. American history, Native American author. David True's Rebellious New History of Native American Life. Mm. I don't want... I want it written by. By Native American author. Let's see. I have that one... Indigenous peoples, the history of the United States, it's in my to-buy list. Empire, oh, Empire of the Summer Moon, though, I've heard it's, like, kind of hard to read because it's so depressing. Oh. I don't want to be depressed. I want to be able to argue. (laughs) Native American history books everyone should read. Yes. Yes, please. You can do it, computer. Decolonizing American history. Ooh. Ooh. That would be a good book to (laughs) just have. Because especially because, like, that TikTok... Or she's like, we'll teach them history. Like, no, what have you done? In 1492, Columbus, did you tell them that Columbus was such a deplorable human? (laughs) And then they went, sail the ocean blue, no. (laughs) 
And especially because the Vikings were as white as Columbus. But they were like... Whiter, because Columbus whiter came either. from Italy. Yeah, Spain. No? No, wasn't he Italian? Who was a Spaniard? I thought Columbus was a Spaniard. Was Columbus a Spaniard? Columbus. Wow. I can't type very well with that. <laughs> Columbus. Uh, from what, what are you are you spaniard okay, italian yeah. he was italian yeah okay yeah so they're definitely way wider than he was yeah and they immediately treated they literally were like hey what's this that you have and the indians were like this is a bow and arrow and they're like what are you doing with your hair and like oh it's this kind of braid that shows this kind of thing mm-hmm. they were literally trading their cultural things around like that's cool that's cool let's trade this let's trade that yeah because that's that's how you should treat other human beings. The Vikings were super cool people. <laughs> Stupid history trying to make them savages. Like, no! They hey, were really okay. smart. I learned that the reason that they're portrayed as savages is because... the English hated them and didn't like them stealing all their women because they were hygienically clean. And the woman went, ooh, you're attractive. And, and you're you clean. <laughs> and you smell good. I mean, My I would do that. hasn't had a bath in like four weeks. However, you... <laughs> like, seriously. I hate that so much. Because the British and the Spaniards would be like, oh, you're savages. Like, you guys didn't even have a working sewer system. <laughs> Descendants of the Romans and you suck. <laughs> and you suck. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> the Aztecs had at working aqueducts and a full-on sewer system. Are you joking me right now? And healthcare. Um, and you called them while savages. While women were dying in childbirth. Women in Africa were giving C-sections. Because they were women and were like, hey, if we wash your hands after touching a dead body, maybe people will not die when we cut them open. <laughs> Why aren't women the only people in the medical field? Like, seriously. Because men are dumb. I guess. <laughs> men can be dumb. But not in, like, the, oh, you're men, like, literally, okay, so there's a test that boys and girls do, and it's like, um... A hand-eye coordination thing. Mm-hmm. Men are typically better at it, and like, not, and when they realize when it's ha- when they put time on there, men are better at it. When they don't do a time limit, women are about the same. Okay, and it's because men do stupid things like flipping the knife around and catching it with a handle. Women go, I might cut myself and don't. <laughs> so uh, I learned recently mm-hmm. that the reason period cramps hurt so bad is because your uterus is no longer getting oxygen, which is the reason period cramps can hurt as badly as a heart attack, because that's exactly what's happening to your heart in a heart attack, is your blood's... Your heart is not getting oxygenated. Oxygenated! (laughs) There you go. Which also explains why there are some women whose cramps are so painful that when their appendix bursts, they think it's just cramps. Mm -hmm. And they don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, there's this girl, she was testing, and she's like, I got really, really bad cramps. I was like, oh, man, these are really bad. But she continued to test because she'd had period cramps before, and they weren't any different. And then she went home. I was like, you know what? I'm starting to get fever. I don't feel very good. Mom, I don't feel very good. So they took her to the hospital. Like, yeah, we need to take your appendix out. And then her teacher the next day was like, why didn't you tell me your appendix was broken? I could have made you, like, you could have had the test a different day. She's and, like... then, and then she said, I thought they were just bad period cramps. Yeah. Like, dude. And you see all those videos where, like, the men are like, oh, I can take it. So they'll put on, like, level three and they're, like, freaking out. And a woman's like, yeah, it's not any different. Okay, see, but I always thought that it was like, are they really that bad? Like, really? Like, a three? That's like, that's that must be horrible. And then it, literally years of just seeing men do it. And then I saw a man do it and then I saw a woman do it. 
And then I saw them hooked up at the same time, and I was like, oh. There's a reason why women have a higher pain tolerance. Yeah, we have to. We, we literally have to. Like, we don't have an option. Mm-hmm. And I want to try, because, I mean, I've seen people try it, and they're like, they're like, it is like a period cramp, except that cramps are continuous, and this is pulsing. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, so, like, if they, if, like, if it doesn't pulse, that's what cr- period cramps are like. And then... Well, so if it's pulsing, because they're probably using the labor it's, stimulator. it's for your labor stimulator, but also, I don't... Because I think most of the time what they're using is a muscle stimulant mm. to, like, help out with your lower back muscles, like, and stuff. It's to help with, like, back pain. Okay. Because I know I know some of them that they've used are just a labor stimulation, which is why it goes 1 to 10. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, this is what's happening at your body, mm-hmm. 10 centimeters dilated, and, and all this pushing and pressure and... Mm-hmm. And I, I also really, really appreciate that um, there's men on TikTok that are like, you know what? I'm going to discover stuff about women. And they're, like, horrified every time. Speculums. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite is when they're like, excuse me, what? That goes where and does what? <laughs> or, or or when that guy watched the video of how they take a biopsy of your cervix. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, apparently you can ask for numbing stuff. Yeah. And they don't give it to you automatically. And I'm like, why? You're literally taking a piece of an organ and you're telling me that it won't hurt? Yeah, nope. Numb me up, mother effer. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude. Yeah, nope. But I just, there was a guy that was like, because so they used the tool, mm-hmm. and they went up to an orange, and he's like, what's that dude? And he pinched it, he's like, why did you take a hunk off? And, the woman, and it cuts to the woman, she goes, and that's how they biopsy your cervix. And he went, what? He's like, what? <laughs> what? He's like, are you, why? <laughs> and I was like, I hope I never need biopsy. And then I found out that you can ask for numbing. And I was like, mm-hmm. why do I have to ask? Why aren't they just giving that to me automatically? Because women don't feel... We didn't, quote unquote, know that babies felt pain until 1970-something. So babies were having operations without anesthesia. The 70s. What? Also, also, we just found out how anesthesia works. I know, which is super weird to me. Like, we've been knocking people out for, like, centuries. I know, but also, because the lady's like, and everyone think, might think, oh, why are we having Well, it's because the, um, you know, the other version of scream until you pass out biting on this leather stick was a no-no for people. Yeah. So we use this. Yeah. I had to get, like, super invasive dental work done. Like, they had to rip out a, a rotten tooth because I had a bad root canal and then it went like she also's got very soft enamel so like cavities are the enemy well so this one was because the, the root can the person who did the root canal did it badly so it got infected Ooh. so they did rip it out and they're like do you want to be awake for this and i was like nah you're like absolutely i not. would pay the extra 300 dollars to the insurance to knock me bf out boyfriend was awake for his wisdom teeth removal no bless because he bless didn't mother, have insurance at the time so he had to be fully conscious. And think, bless that dentist. He had impacted wisdom teeth. Like, he was like, he sent me a text one day and he was like, my, like, my jaw hurts. And, my, and he's like, I can feel like my teeth are moving. And then I was like, here, open up your mouth, shine a flashlight in there. And I was like, I think your wisdom teeth are coming in. And I was like, and I think they're coming in badly. It's like, what do you mean? I was like, because they're not coming in straight up. They're coming in at an angle. Because your jaw's just not big enough for it. And so, and then when he went to his orthodontist for his braces, and then, so he just gotten them off. Yeah. 
like he probably had his braces off for like maybe two or three months no <laughs> and then so he was like my teeth are moving a lot. and he had a permanent retainer on both the top and bottom yeah he's like my teeth are moving like it kind of hurts and like he was like my jaw just hurts like really bad and i looked in there and i was like your wisdom teeth are coming in like you got to see a dentist like, i don't have insurance i was like you have to see a dentist like that was literally like a common cause of death back in the 1700s was your wisdom teeth really because they would compact it get infected oh and then you can't eat or do anything and then you just die and the infection goes in your stomach and you die <laughs> that's why we take them out <laughs> <laughs> because your jaw your our mouths just simply aren't big enough for wisdom teeth not anymore anymore but so when he went to the dentist that dentist bless his heart john was like i don't have boyfriend was like i don't have insurance mm-hmm. and the guy was like okay well like I'll, I'll give you a huge discount but i won't give you any gas like you'll you'll remember everything you won't feel anything but you'll remember everything and he's like but the but the dentist was like these have to come out yeah because he's like you're gonna mess up your entire teeth you're basically your two years of braces will have to be repeated no, no. if you don't get these out yeah <laughs> top and bottom okay i had top and bottom bless my mother they knocked me out i have like two memories of that entire day <laughs> maybe three um so the dentist was definitely like he wasn't like oh you don't have insurance i'm gonna turn you away the dentist was like i'm gonna make sure this is affordable for you because this has to be done yeah like as soon as possible so mine weren't impacted and then but he got dry them. socket in one of them <gasps> He said it hurt so bad. And I was like, I felt so bad. And then when I got my wisdom teeth out, I got knocked out, but I have only two. I had five. And they were, <laughs> so did my sister-in-law. But I had two, and they were in the uppers, and they said it's really, really easy. However, they said, like, he's like, you literally, like, don't have to have these removed till you're, like, in your 30s. No, I was 16. They had to come out. I know, but my dentist told me. He's like, yeah, when you're, like, maybe 37, we should probably look at it. And then he went... And then, like, the next time I went and saw him, he's like, mm, I'm going to schedule you for your wisdom teeth removal. He's like, I know I said you don't need them out, but when you're 37, he's like, the recovery time is going to be way worse, and they're going to be way harder to get out. So let's just do it now, while you're pretty young and healthy, and <laughs> it'll be, like, a day of recovery time rather than a week. Yeah. So we'll do it now. And I was like, okay. Yeah, my, uh, at, at that point, I'd already had four molars removed because my mouth was just so small. Mm, my cousin had so many teeth removed. Yeah. And then my wisdom teeth were coming in, and so they went in, removed them, and then I, then I found out I had five, and I was like, well, that's cool. My, um, so I was born with cleft palate, mm-hmm. and the surgery done on my mouth actually stunted the growth of my upper jaw a little bit. Oh. Which is why I had to have a butterfly retainer. To spread your teeth out? Mm-hmm. And okay. the, do- the dentist, orthodontist was like, hey, it's a click a day. Click. <laughs> my My mother turned turn turn <gasps> three turns when it's supposed to be a click literally like th- like say there's 10 she literally did a month's work of turning in one day no i was like screaming because because you had to put a little key in there and turn it yeah so she was doing it and she turned it like around three twice three times and i was like ow, 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 ow. i literally just sat with ice cream in my mouth for like an hour just like put the ice cream in and let it melt she didn't unclick it you can't oh yeah so we went to the orthodontist he's like wow those really moved and i said mom turned it three times and he went she what (laughs) (laughs) it was like oh yeah yeah she huh hey what (laughs) and he's like yeah that would 
Yeah, that would make it move really fast because I was going to say, you already have, like, this already needs to come out. But apparently, mm, <laughs> he was like, you were supposed to wear this for three months. And I guess we're just going to take it out next time you come in. Yeah, let your teeth settle for a minute. Mm-hmm. I actually had a tooth because I lost one of my molars on the right side on the top. And when it came out, the two teeth next to it slammed together. Oh. And then it actually, so they thought, oh, I just won't have a tooth. My brace is on for about a year and a half. And then it poked out in the middle of my mouth because it had migrated over and came out where it could. So then they split those teeth apart, hooked a chain to that one, and, and just pulled slowly out. pulled it back over. So one Weird. of my molars is the wrong direction. Weird. Uh, you can't, I don't know if you can even tell. I don't. I don't think so because uh-huh. I'm. I mean, I'm not a dentist, so there's no way for me to know. My canines, um, my upper canines, were literally all the way up. Like you have to like pull your teeth all the way back, and then you could see them. Your gums. Like no, my canines were all the way. You up said here. you had to pull your teeth all the way back, and you can see them. Yeah. Your gums. No, my lip. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. Here you go. It's <laughs> <laughs> like what? So you have to pull your lip all the way up. I think I was like seven or eight. And then when I got braces, they went dee a big rumor of that. Yeah, it took it took a long time because they did like slowly pull them down. Mm-hmm. I probably I had braces on for three years. Probably would have been shorter if I wore my rubber bands every time I got braced. Okay, but I snapped myself in the face so many times because I, I, I like, forgot and tried to open my mouth. I know. I I didn't put them on because I hated them. <laughs> I once had to double rubber band. It was it was bad. Mm-hmm. Like in the front and on the sides. Because my I had an underbite. Okay. And I still struggle with it. I have an because underbite. of the literally, we went to go see a specialist for my ears just to see if we could do another surgery, and this was a mouth specialist just to mm-hmm. see what's going on. And she's like, the reason why you still struggle with that is because it's literally comfortable for your jaw jet forward a little bit when you're sleeping mm-hmm. because your upper jaw is under slightly underdeveloped so it doesn't fit very comfortably hmm. she's like you could wear braces for a really long time again and it might work or you could do a surgery where they basically break your jaw no thank you and try again and, I was, and she's like but it's literally not affecting you in any way and i was like and also with my ear surgery, so the eustachian tube, the doctor thinks is has a lot of pressure built up into it. Okay. And so it doesn't work right. So he thinks that every time they put a plug to act as my new eardrum, it's giving just enough force because your body naturally thins out stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's like, by the time it gets to appropriate thin level, that eustachian tube is just pulling just enough pressure on it that a hole reappears, mm. which is why those three surgeries failed. Yeah. That would do it. Mm-hmm. And he said, so, he's like, you could get a hearing aid. He's like, if you wanted to. He's like, literally, your hearing is perfect as long as you turn the dial just a smidgen. Okay. He's like, your hearing's perfect. Otherwise. Yeah, but then I could see you just taking it out and being like, everyone is too loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with this. And, because my mom, I remember, she's like, I feel like you're missing out on so much in life. And I was like, I feel like I'm fine. <laughs> like, I, I don't feel like there's things that I can't. <gasps> there's my there. phone. Oh, there it is. Okay, sorry. Um, because literally the only thing that I notice that I can't hear is like the high pitched noise on TVs, but that just comes with age. Of course, I heard, I stopped hearing it way before all my friends did. So yeah, the old because I remember there was that video where this guy was like, "I got all these comics," 
comments on here saying like what is a high pitched screeching and he's like I didn't realize that my old analog TV was on because I can't hear it anymore <laughs> yeah that would do it mm-hmm. and I remember I used to hear it too and how you made it stop doing that was you ran your hand over it and got rid of all the static yeah and then it would stop doing that I can still hear it I can't obviously <laughs> yeah well like literally what we're discussing mm-hmm. and I remember when we went to that Bastille concert mm-hmm I only put an earplug in one ear because <laughs> the other one was at the level I needed it at. Because yeah. I I know like I know there's an obvious difference, but my brain is adapted in such a way that it's that I'm usually able to hear where things like I can usually pinpoint where things are. Yeah. However, if it's a quiet, subtle noise, that's when I have issues. <laughs> like when I'm looking for my phone and it's on vibrate, I have to feel for it. So that I literally go, it's around in this area, so I'll put my hand on my bed. And if my bed's moving, I'm like, okay, it's in my bed somewhere. I mean, I would say that's everyone, because I do that too. Because I, I can't, it's not loud enough for me to pinpoint a direction, so I literally have to feel where it's vibrating. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you can imagine, I think I told this story, the frustration of trying to find the fire alarm that was beeping. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was in the laundry, but I didn't know where, because I couldn't pinpoint it. And it was beeping in such small intervals, I would just beep, turn and wait for it to be again. <laughs> it literally was like a 10-minute journey to figure out it was downstairs. So my sister just sent me a text. She's like, so I just had a thought. What's, like, one state you forgot was a part of the United States? Mine is either Rhode Island or Vermont. I don't think I've ever done that. What, do you, you don't have a state that you just forget exists? No. I think I forget about Minnesota a lot. I don't do that. Thanks, because we had a puzzle when I was a kid that had all the states in it. I mean, I know all the states, but it's, like, if I'm thinking of the states, is there not just one that, like, inherit just every time just doesn't pop into your brain? No. Oh, right. Although my favorite is when people learn that Alaska is, like, actually, you know, <laughs> is a state, and they're like, what? Also, I saw this girl, she was like, so, I grew up kind of sheltered, and she's like, and... You know, I had kind of a crappy private school I went to. So you can imagine my surprise when I go to geography for my master's. Like, starting the whole beginning period of that. And I'm looking for Alaska in the ocean. Because in every map I've ever seen, it's not connected to anything. (laughs) So, you can imagine my friend's face when he said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm looking for Alaska, and I'm over the ocean. That would so, be so... He's like, I'm literally getting my degree in this. And I didn't know that until, like, two years in. <laughs> you gotta learn something sometime. You gotta learn everything sometime. That's all, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Alright. Well, that was this podcast. Thanks for joining us. Super random. Appreciate oh, it. Yeah, super random. Appreciate it. We actually stayed on topic for pretty long. It's because you were so excited to I talk know. about movies. I just love them to death. Literally, you keep us on task. I am. My ADHD brain goes, <laughs> ting, ting, ting. And ting, when ting, I'm too ting. tired to rain in your ADHD brain, we're really all over the place. Yes. I see no issues. <laughs> this is what they come for. This is why it's called the miscellaneous <laughs> podcast. This is why it's adventures. We don't know. All, all right. right, guys. Bye. Bye.